You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy. Hillbilly Youngins is intended for a younger listening audience. Hey, I'm Kristen, and Jerry and Tracy are my parents. Hi, I'm Dakota, and Jerry and Tracy are my grandparents. And And we we are... The Hillbilly Youngins. Hey guys, it's Kristen and Dakota, and this is Hillbilly Youngins. I'm not gonna sing to that. Sorry, I've got the sister sister song stuck in my head. Sister sister, Hillbilly Youngins. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. All right. Well, today we are going to read you guys a little bedtime story. Sure. <laughs> from this book that I found lying on the ground. Was it lying on the ground? I'm just kidding. It was on the bookshelf. Called Haunted West Virginia, Ghosts and Strange Phenomena of the Mountain State. I've been to West Virginia. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home. Country Road. I know y'all can't see it right now, but Dakota is mouthing the words. She just doesn't want to sing out loud. She loves that. That's her joint. Her jam. I don't really like country music, but there we go. That's one song that I like from that genre. Genre. But I mostly like pop. Shut up, Mom. You don't even know. I'm a 12-year-old girl, so obviously I'm going to like pop. They get mad at me because they're like, Mom, how do you listen to music where they're like screaming the whole time? Yeah, like rock and heavy metal. (laughs) Well, I've got like pop on my playlist and different pop-like things. She laughed at me one time a couple weekends ago actually because we were listening to the radio and there was like nothing on. And this song came on that I know. It was like this older school rap song. And I'm not into rap. I'm mostly a rocker. I hate hip hop. But I did know this song. Other than Doja Cat. Other than that, no. I tried to start rapping. And I didn't even think they were listening to me. And all of a sudden, Dakota starts cracking up. (laughs) And I'm like, what is so funny? She's like, listening to you try to rap. (laughs) (laughs) I don't sound like that. Have you heard your grandmother rap? Uh, No. Oh, my gosh. Let's just say these hot beats run in the family. No, they don't. They sure do, for show. All right, you ready to get started? Mm, Sure. (laughs) All right. This story, like I said, Haunted West Virginia. And this little ditty is called The Haunted Penitentiary at Moundsville. Once upon a time. Oh, my gosh. Here we go. As places designed to contain and punish evildoers, prisons are frightful places that seem to become embedded with anger, pain, and suffering of those confined inside the walls. 
The West Virginia State Penitentiary was built in an area known as Moundsville in 1866. It was modeled after Joliet Prison in Illinois. In an ironic twist, the prison was built with the use of convict labor. According to local lore, the prison was built over one of the large, mysterious mounds in the area, which had been created by the Indina Indians as burial mounds for their dead. Over the years, many of the mounds have been raided for artifacts, torn down to make way for modern structures, or otherwise desecrated. It would not be hard to believe that those spirits who were disturbed by the building of the prison would not look kindly on the structure. Are you paying attention over there? <laughs> yes. No. I look over there and she's got her tongue on the mic. Barb. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm telling. In 1876, the prison was finally ready to house inmates. It was a large stone building that squatted like a gothic fortress near where the little town of Moundsville was springing up. When the battlements and turrets, it truly resembled a medieval castle. The prison looked down on the town, giving a feeling of nausea to those who lived in the shadow below. <laughs> nausea. <laughs> what is that? that is your only input so far. Sorry. I, I'm paying attention, but I just don't know what to say these days. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't say nausea. It says unease. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's giving a feeling of unease, not nausea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's kind of the I same, but like breathe. not. Hooked on phonics. Why did, did your voice sound like that? You were like, I can't breathe. I said I can't read. All right. Moundsville, Whatever. I don't care. Wow, that's nice. Moundsville know, featured right? a unique system for entering the cell areas. In 1894, a cage was added on the first floor. After the prisoners were searched, they were placed in this caged wheel and it was turned so that the prisoners could not attempt a last-minute escape as they were led to their cells. The prisoner had only one small opening to go through, and a guard was waiting to escort him to a new abode where he'd be locked in. Why does it say he? Why can't it be like she? You know, women do bad stuff, right? Well, not in this not in this case. Well, yes, in this case. <laughs> well, no, because it said he. Is it talking about a certain person, or... I'm not sure, but it says he, so I'm assuming okay, that this is a, a men's prison. That's really not okay. I'm just saying. Prisons have a way of growing, <laughs> and this one quickly found itself bursting at the seams. At one time, three men slept in each of the five-by-seven-foot cells. In 1929, the prison doubled in size. The prison complex eventually encompassed 20 acres of ground and included the warden's residence and office, administration, visitor areas, laundry rooms, a chapel, and a boiler house. The central receiving building was where prisoners first arrived. The hole was used to punish prisoners who misbehaved. The execution chamber housed the electric chair, which was nicknamed mm. Old Sparky, Owl. Huh. Later, this was moved to the death house. In the solitary confinement unit, prisoners were kept alone to protect either themselves or others. It is said that many people were driven mad by the solitude of this area. Sensory deprivation and loneliness are known to have a debilitating defect, and there are several suicides here. Rat Row, 
where informants and witnesses were kept away from the general population for their own protection. The most deadly prisoners were housed in the North Hall. Mm. The North... <laughs> what? I just don't like the word deadly prisoners and suicide and depression and loneliness. Right. The North Wagon Gate was used to temporarily house both male and female inmates. And at one time also was used for executions by hanging. Okay, well that escalated quickly. A series of wooden trap doors in the floor of the second floor bear mute testimony to their grisly use. A trap door would open and the prisoner would dangle through the floor until pronounced dead. Oh my gosh. A total of 96 men died by execution within the stone walls of this fortress. The first form of execution used at the prison was hanging, and 84 men were hanged within the facility. Um, you said that completely wrong. What do you mean? You said blah, 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 um, inmates were hang. It's not hang, it's hung. Well, that's just what the book says. Well, the book is wrong. And 84 men were hung within the facility. In 1951, the state adopted the more modern method of electrocution, and an electric chair was introduced to the death row facility. From 1951 to 1959, nine more men died by this method of execution. This was considered one of the most violent prisons in the nation at one time, and countless other men lost their lives through brutality and suicide here. There were several famous violent prison riots in which inmates held guards and staff captive. Each of those events seemed to have left its mark on the structure. In 1986, the West Virginia Supreme Court ruled that the five by seven foot cells constituted a form of cruel and unusual punishment for the inmates. The prison began an extensive renovation project but it ended abruptly as the doors were closed in 1995. Most of the prisoners were removed to the Mount Olive Correctional Complex to finish out their sentences. Perhaps the most famous person to ever do time in Moundsville was Charles Manson. What? I don't know who that is. <gasps> oh my gosh. Hello? Who is it? Charles Manson? Yeah, who's that? He He is a famous serial killer who never actually killed anybody. He had a what? following of people, like a a cult, basically, and he manipulated them to kill people. Oh, so basically he killed people, but through the bodies yes. of other people? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's awesome. I'll have to tell you all about it. That's concerning that you just said a mass cult who kills people is awesome? Well, no. It is, it's not, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, me neither. What <laughs> are you know, trying okay, to say? you know my fascination with serial killers. It's a bit concerning. Like, just whatever you do, just don't kill me and Addison, okay? Thanks. Okay, I'll try. <laughs> just kidding. Charles Manson, who later shocked the world by orchestrating a series of murders in California that would be labeled the Helter Skelter Murders. Manson was a young man when he spent time at Mansville. After he was convicted for his part in the multiple murders in California, Manson asked to be moved back here, and for years he repeatedly made this request. His family was from the area, 
and he hoped to be closer so that he could receive visits from them. There there were several infamous murders within the prison. In the recreation area called the Sugar Shack, an Aryan nation leader named Jasper was stabbed to death during recreation time. Jasper's ghost is said to haunt the area and is the most vocal and aggressive spirit. In all I'm imagining, sorry, I'm sorry. All I'm imagining is instead of <laughs> instead of Casper, it's Jasper the friendly ghost. <laughs> it doesn't say he's very friendly. <laughs> During the riot, three inmates were stabbed by other inmates, and one of them died. The prisoners then set fire to the prison while they were still in it. Stupid. The hostages that they had taken were all rescued alive, and there were. There were minimal damage to the prison. In 1986, another riot broke out, during which three inmates were killed. The guards who had been taken hostage were rescued during this riot too. The same year, two inmates who were leaders in the same motorcycle gang were killed during a gang dispute. A third victim of the attack survived. In 1987, two prisoners got into an altercation during their exercise period and one struck the other with a barbell and killed him. Ow. The list of murders and attacks stretches back to the very beginning of the prison. After the prison was shut down, the Moundsville Economic Development Council took out a 25-year lease on the building, which was placed on the National Register of Historic Places and open for educational tours. The facility also was used to train correctional officers. The prison began its current incarnation when it was featured on MTV's Fear and caught at the imagination of America. Since then, those hoping to experience the paranormal have made pilgrimages here. Pilgrimages? (laughs) The curious and the ghost hunter alike have taken the opportunity to tour and spend time in what many have called one of the most haunted structures in the nation. The staff who offer the tours and coordinate the overnight ghost hunts have many stories to tell of their time within the walls of Moundsville. One woman reported walking through a cold spot that caused her to shake with fear. She also witnessed a black shadowy person whom she took a picture of. Stories of encountering shadowy figures and hearing screams from the cells. Oh my gosh. Doors clanging shut and the sound of footsteps running along the stairs and hallways are common. Guests also report being locked in cells, oh, that's scary, and having heavy prison doors suddenly slam in their faces. Some folks report being touched, pushed, or pulled. The voices recorded inside the facilities are truly terrifying. One tourist was videotaping the tour, and when she watched it later, she heard a long, low, terrified scream. She and her family were sure that they did not hear the scream at that time. The scream sounded like someone in great pain, and they never would have been able to ignore such a cry. The penitentiary at Moundsville seems to be a host to every manner of haunting and is one of the state's most active sites of paranormal phenomena. The end. What do you think? (laughs) I don't want to go there. You know how I feel about that. Um, usually I don't ever want to go to any of these scary places that are on here. And especially not this one because I don't want to be locked in a cell. I don't ever want you to be locked in a cell either. Please do good in your life and don't go to prison. Um, I might slip up on that. (gasps) I'm just kidding. Oh my god, you're grounded! (laughs) 
kidding. All right, guys. Well, I hope you guys like the story. It's a really good book, Haunted West Virginia by Patty A. Wilson. And tune in next week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. That was not on scene. Dakota. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Kids, just a quick reminder that bullying is not okay. If you are bullying someone, you should be ashamed of yourself. If you are being bullied, please tell your teacher, your counselor, or your parents. Remember to check out the website, www.pacerkidsagainstbullying.org. Again, that's www.pacerkidsagainstbullying.org. Bye!